0: Welcome back. This is Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners in Fleming & Curdy PLC, which is a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. You can read more about us. You may have gotten to this podcast on our website, but if you didn't, you can read more about us at elder-law.com. As I say, I'm one of the partners. Another one of the partners is Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, and she's here with me today. We are going to talk about changes to your estate plan, and how much they cost and but we're kind of we have a kind of a narrow focus today Uh, and let me tee up the question elizabeth i wrote a trust and uh and it's been fine I i don't need to change anything but my daughter got married so can i just cross out her old last name and write in her new last name and initial it on the trust and be done with it or do i have to come and pay you another few hundred dollars to amend my trust.
1: Oh, Robert, what a great question. Well, I'm going to tell you, please do not write on your original documents. I I know that many people understand the change that they're making is very simple, but the reality is, is that by writing on top of, by making the edits to your original documents, you can create some confusion and problem later so i'd rather you just call me say elizabeth i need to talk this is what's happened we can you can come into the office we can have a conversation i'll be able to talk to you about how quickly we can do a trust amendment it might only be a page but the fact of it is robert it is a good idea to let us do this update just because we don't want to create confusion down the road as to how much it costs well Robert normally when we will work with somebody to update a last name of a child we treat it like an amendment so we might make an amendment to your trust We might tell you it's important to do a new will if that will happens to name the child as well as a personal representative or executor. I do think that many people hesitate to contact us just because they don't want to pay full freight to do it all again. Well, chances are you're not going to need to. But, Robert, often when we talk about a change like a last name, other things will come up. So perhaps your daughter got married and her last name changed, well, does she also have children? Should we be talking about whether or not a distribution can be made to your daughter's new spouse? There are other issues that can often follow up when we talk about these
0: specific questions. Yeah, your daughter got got married and we're less concerned about her change of name. Of course, today maybe she didn't change her name, but we're more concerned about her living arrangements and how that affects her inheritance. Do, do you like the person that she married? Are they going to to be able to, uh, uh, to, to support her and help her with the, the money that she inherits? Or does it need to be kept separate from her new spouse? Uh, and as you say, Elizabeth, if people get married, that might. It often does, doesn't always, but often leads to children. Maybe stepchildren are in the picture. So there are a whole galaxy of questions we might ask. Um, it's more than just updating her name. And truth be told if your daughter changed her last name, getting married, getting divorced, or just deciding to go by a different name, uh, that probably all by itself doesn't require any change at all because we can figure out who she is.
1: Right, Robert. All we're going to be asking for is a copy of a marriage license or some kind of a legal document that shows the name change. And so oftentimes if somebody wants to come in and, and they're really concerned about the last name and that change, we can find ways to either delay the change or talk to you about it so it seems a little more approachable. But please don't write on your own documents. It, it really does create, even if it's in pencil, this, this creates problems.
0: When, uh, when I did my trust, and I'm now playing the client again, when I did my trust five years ago, uh, I owned a home up in the foothills, and I've since downsized. I've moved into a condo, and so do I need to update my trust to reflect my new address?
1: Good question, Robert. The answer to that question is no. However, if you specifically address the home where you're living, where you were living at the time, for instance, you decided to make that a specific gift, to a child or relative or somebody else and now you no longer have that home then we need to make sure that we've addressed what's going to happen is that gift going to lapse or does that apply to another residence so just the fact that you've changed address does not necessitate an update to your trust however we need to know if there's been any kind of a specific reference to the piece of real estate in the event that it was gifted
0: and and i put the five-year time in there sort of intentionally in a general way that's when we tell people it's time to come talk to us again is about five years and we know perfectly well they won't show up on the fifth anniversary of doing their estate plan maybe they'll remember and make an appointment or they'll think about it and it'll take them a couple of years maybe they'll get here on the seventh anniversary uh, or maybe a little later than that and and that's probably okay but your, your estate plan has a life expectancy of its own, uh, not because the law changes, not because tax rules change, but because your life changes. I think if every listener will pause a moment and cast back what was going on in their life five years ago, they'll re- realize that it was a very different place five years ago. Almost everybody has enough changes in about five years that it's time to revisit their estate plan. And, and Elizabeth, you, you said, we wanna make sure that we figure out what you wanna do with your new house and how it relates to the old one. And to be clear, it's not just what effect it has on the document, but how it changes your life ex- expectations. If you were leaving your house in the foothills to your older daughter because she loved that house, Um, now you have this condo instead does she have the same feeling about the condo that she had about the house or if you were leaving it to your kind of ne'er-do-well son because you wanted to make sure he had a place to live do you still want to make sure he has a condo to live in or does that change the change the mix so it's a it's a question not just of making sure the documents are valid but figuring out how your life has changed since the last time we saw you
1: And Robert, I think that for folks who are listening today and wondering why we don't want to see you more often... No, you're welcome. You're welcome to come by, pop in, give us a call. It's not that we don't want to see you every year. You, we have some people, Robert, that I know like to have an annual review of their estate plans. We're happy to do it. It's it's certainly a conversation that we can have with you whenever the time feels right. We just want to make sure that those of you who are listening and wondering what the normal time frame is, that five to seven year time frame is what, what I would say is normally the, the time frame for an update, but I have a lot of people Robert who are saying, "Well, I I do like checking in every year." That's fine with us. Please feel free. We'll probably ask you some questions, give you some homework, have you think about have you think about any changes in your life. It will be that, you know, we got to know what you own. Have you changed your accounts? Have you purchased a new residence? Did you did you change jobs? Do you have a new 401k? So when we do talk to people about their estate plans and an update, we also are going to ask you for an updated inventory of your assets.
0: So let me be the imaginary client again. Uh, when you did the trust and, and will and powers of attorney, uh, I had all of my, uh, all of my assets at one brokerage house and one bank and now i've moved i've gone to a different bank and a new broker and the new broker by the way has told me i don't need to come back to you i can just do beneficiary designations on all of the assets and uh, and that'll save me some legal fees so I guess I don't need to come see you anymore.
1: Oh, Robert, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> I'd love to see you again. The truth of it is is that I want to work together with your financial planner. I want to talk a little bit about the recommendations with the beneficiary designations. I want to talk about the impact that will have on your existing estate plan. The truth of it is, Robert, we want to be a team with the other advisors and vendors who are in your circle whether we're talking about your CPA your financial advisor whether we're talking to you about a business planner you may be working with or a consultant the most important thing when we work with somebody on an update to an estate plan is making sure that things still jive we want to make sure that the documents we did for you initially any updates that are made those are consistent with how the rest of your plan works so Robert, please just let me talk to your financial advisor. Let's talk as a group about how we can simplify updates, how we can reduce expenses for you. And, you know, above all else, when people do change financial institutions or open new accounts, it's important to revisit whether the pay on death or transfer on death designation on the account is consistent with the rest of your plan. So it's not just the beneficiary designations we're talking about.
0: The other reality that we deal with all the time is when we ask clients what their beneficiary designations say, about, I'm going to say 40% of the time, something a little bit less than half, they say, uh, good question. I don't actually remember for sure. And a little bit more than half of the time, they tell us absolutely, certainly, oh, my wife is named as beneficiary. My, my children are named as as equal beneficiaries, the three of them. And then when we actually see the beneficiary designation, that turns out not to be correct. Uh, not because people lie to us, not because they're stupid, but because it's not top of mind and it got changed once four years ago when you, I don't know what what made you change it, but... Uh, but that
1: bad holiday dinner.
0: yeah, Maybe. Or the the new financial advisor who said, here, change it like this and you don't remember that that happened, and it now says something different than what you said, what you think it says. So we really need to see the beneficiary designations and correlate them with your estate plan. And over about a five to seven year period, guess what? Those things tend to drift apart. So once again, that turns out to be about the time we'd like to see you again. We don't need to see you because your daughter got married, but Mosseltoff. We don't need to see you because your son divorced the woman that that you didn't like that well and therefore you put his money in trust. Um, But if your life has changed, grandchildren, different in-laws, different mix of assets, different living arrangement, we need to see you.
1: We'd love to see you.
0: Please don't handwrite on the documents. Please, pretty please don't (laughs) handwrite on the documents. I had a client actually come in not too long ago uh, with copies all marked up and initialed and they said, uh, I I took to to heart what you said about not writing on the documents so I wrote on the copies. This is fine, right? No, that's also not fine. Just come back and see us. We would look forward to seeing you and we will be delighted to chat with you about how things are going in in your life since the last time we saw you. I'm Robert Fleming, and I'm one of the partners at Fleming and Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. I'm chatting with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. You're listening to Elder Law Issues, our weekly podcast, over 100 episodes, and we are proud of it. And we hope to have you listen again. Talk to you then.